0: Father, we just thank you for what you are doing in our lives, what you're doing in this church family, what you're doing in this community, in our state, in our country, and the world. We thank you that your kingdom is advancing, that Jesus is being glorified, that people's lives are being changed, people are getting saved, surrendering their lives to Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that you will have your way in the end. Things are, you're going to have your way. Your kingdom will be fully manifest when Jesus comes back. And it's going to play out the way you want it to play out. And Father, we're grateful that we get to be a part of seeing your kingdom established and grow as we walk in obedience to you. So Father, we just, we just surrender our hearts to you and we ask you to speak to us, Lord. And we, we stand here with the posture of responding to your word. Not just being hearers, but doers also. And Father, any mindset in us that needs to be changed, needs to be shifted today, I pray that it would happen, that we would surrender and allow that to happen. We give you honor and we give you praise, and we love you and we thank you, Father, for all you've done and you're doing and going to do, for our sakes and for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. The last time I shared, about three weeks ago, I was talking a little bit about spiritual growth. And, you know, we talked about the spiritual growth chart or spectrum. I'll talk about that again in a minute. But basically what I want to encourage us all and what I believe the Lord's wanting to encourage us with is the importance of growing up in Christ. The importance of growing up in Christ, because if we don't grow up, then that's not a good thing. Right. And to remind us of how important it is for us to grow up, I'm going to ask these the ladies to show a quick video. Now, the caption on that, my wife shared that with me last night, the caption on that is what it looks like when you raise boys. But what I wanted to share about is what it looks like if you don't grow up spiritually. You know, when you see little boys doing that, it's cute. But what if you saw two 25-year-old men doing that? That'd be a whole different situation, wouldn't it? And so it's important, you know, because, you know, we can be in the church, we can be Christians for 10, 20, 50 years and not grow up in Christ. Do you realize that's a reality with some people? That that is a possibility. And the Bible encourages us more and more and more uh, through Scripture to grow up in Christ. What I shared last time was, uh, I call it a spiritual growth chart or spectrum, and it just shows the different phases um, in our lives and our spiritual lives. And the first one is the spiritual infant. A spiritual infant, and this is um, the characteristics of this person: is everything is about me. Everything is about me. Now you can equate this to the natural baby, right? When a baby is born, everything is about that baby. All they can do is is eat and then eliminate the eat and and cry and sleep and all that. Everything's about that baby, right? You understand that? Uh, all I can do is focus on me and my needs. Everyone else exists to meet my needs. I'm always looking for someone else to clean up my messes. I don't have the ability to meet anyone else's needs. So that is the spiritual infant. That's where they are spiritually. That's their state of being. Then you have the spiritual child, maybe age 7 to 10. And most everything is still about me. My main focus is on me and what I want and how people need to cater to me. However, I am beginning to develop the ability to think of others first and cater to their needs, but it's not too often. I'm becoming more socially aware of others, reaching out to and serving others is an event, not a lifestyle. At this age, reaching out and serving others is an event, not a lifestyle. And what I mean by that, it's just like when a group of people go on a mission trip, like a short-term mission trip, which is a good thing. But they go on a mission trip and they serve and they serve and they do all these wonderful things. But then they come back home and they continue their lifestyle and their lifestyle picks up where it left off and there's no real change. But that event, that week-long event was a wonderful thing that they did serving people, but it does not translate into their daily lives. Does that make sense? So you can have people who can serve at an event or do something, but their lifestyle is not that yet in a spiritual child. And then you have the spiritual young adult. This is going to be teens and 20s. This person is very aware of their own needs and caters to themselves often. However, they are also very aware of other people and spend energy, time, resources to reach out to to serve and meet the needs of those around them. They walk in compassion and empathy, become very self-sacrificing. Serving and reaching out to others has become a lifestyle and not just an event. They notice needs in others and step up to serve and help. And they also know how to receive. Also know how to receive. And then you have the spiritual parent. These are spiritual fathers and mothers. They are very self-sacrificing. They live their lives for the benefit of others, constantly looking to pour into the lives of those around them. They invest their time, energy, and resources into the lives of others. They're building a legacy by pouring themselves into other people. A lot of behind-the-scenes investment, they don't need to be seen. So a lot of times they do things that no one is even aware that they're doing anything. They know how to graciously give and receive. They serve others well, but also graciously allow others to serve them. They live a balanced life. They're mature enough to recognize and understand their dependence upon the, um, and need for the body of Christ. So people in this stage, not only are they very, they're very others-oriented, they serve, they lay down their lives for people, but they also recognize their need to receive. And that's important to understand. That's very important to understand. All right, let's talk about the need to grow. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, in the Passion Translation. So we can see where, so as we go through this, what I'm encouraging you to do Hold off on that scripture. What I'm encouraging you to do is to open your heart and say, Holy Spirit, where am I? Because, of course, none of us want to say, well, I'm a spiritual baby. None of us want to say that. None of us want to admit that, right? Nobody does. But if that's where I am, I need to understand that, admit that, and allow the Lord to grow me up, right? And that's why it's important. so as we talk about this today, Allow the Holy Spirit to show you, Lord, where am I in this? Where am I so that I can partner with you and allow you to grow me into who you want me to be? 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, says, Brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature people. For you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. And because you are immature infants in Christ, the spiritual infant, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with the solid food of more advanced teachings, because you weren't ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready to be fed solid food, for you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Ask yourselves, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourselves with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh, and behaving like unbelievers. So Paul's saying it's time to grow up. Hebrews 6.1, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and a faith in God. So we need to move forward to maturity. And then in 2 Peter 3.18, it says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to to the day of eternity. Amen. So right here we can see in Scripture, there's a bunch of other Scriptures. I I just wanted to hone in on a few for the sake of time. But as we can see, we're exhorted by Scripture to grow up in Christ. It's important to grow up in Christ. And so now I want to ask you a question. What are some things or what are some activities that we can do as an individual or as people or whatever to grow up? That's going to help us grow in Christ. Now, that's a question I'm asking and I'm expecting a response. So somebody, what's something that we can do, you and I can do to grow up, to help me grow up? Somebody. Read the word. Read the word. What word? Daily news. Read God's word. That would be the Bible, Right. Pray. What'd you say else? Pray, Pray. Okay. Pray. What else? Serve. Serve. What? Mashed potatoes. <laughs> say that again. Serve the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. Serve the gospel. So share the gospel. Okay. What else? Hmm. Serve in the gospel. In the gospel. Okay. What else? Somebody. Live the word, don't just read it. Be doers of the word, not just hearers, okay? What else can I do to grow, excuse me, to grow up into Christ? Be, hold on a second. What'd you say? Be discipled and disciple others, okay? Be discipled and disciple others. Somebody? Over here. Speak in tongues. Pray in your prayer language. Pray in tongues. Good. What else? Love what? Okay, love one another. I love hot dogs. Does that count? Actually, I don't love hot dogs. What did I say that for? <laughs> Let me say the, I love filet mignon. How's that? All right, so love one another, right? Okay. Yes, I love meatloaf. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing on that one. Okay, anything else? What else can we do? Hold on a second. What did you say? Go ahead. Meet in groups and study and encourage and grow. Study and grow and encourage each other. Good. Meet in groups. What'd you say on these? Beautiful... Giving thanks. Having a grateful heart, giving thanks. That's good. Anything else? Being quiet long to... Okay, being quiet long enough to deal with the own, your own junk. So deal, being quiet. Okay? What else? Anybody? Having quiet time with the Lord? What does that look like? Just being quiet? (laughs) So setting up specific time spending with the Lord, whether it's praising, worshiping, reading the Bible, that kind of thing. Okay, quiet time. What else? Anybody else? Have we... Said everything? Anything else? what did you say? I can't hear you. Apply the word of God. Okay, good. Anything else? What does that mean? What does that mean? Come together. Come together. What for a football game? There's a lot of people that got together last night in Dallas or down Texas. So, what do you mean by coming together, Specifically. Coming together as a church, fellowship with, one another. fellowship with one another. Coming together as a church. Okay, that was actually. Go ahead, Bettina. Fasting. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I pretend I didn't hear that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I will fast until noon today. I promise you. Just kidding. But fasting. The Bible talks a lot about fasting, along with prayer and everything. But one I was I was hoping to hear. Um, everything you said is how we grow up in Christ. Are things that we can do and participate in and be intentional that's going to help us grow up in Christ. But there's one I want to highlight that I believe the the Lord has wanted to highlight, and that is understanding the importance of the body of Christ. The importance of coming together, being committed to a church family that in our society... See, if I were to ask you to rank these in order of importance, we would put these in order. And probably reading the word and praying would be on the top. And I don't know where the church part would be. It'd probably be somewhere. Well, I don't know where it would be. People have different opinions. But first of all, the Bible doesn't rank them. And second of all, I would submit to you that That in God's eyes, coming together as a body of Christ is just as important as reading the word, praying. Simply because he tells us to do it. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. He tells us to do it. And so whether or not we feel it's important is not important. (laughs) It's whether or not we're going to walk in obedience to what the father is saying to do. Now, I want to read this this passage, and many of us, if not all of us, have heard this many, many times. But as as we read it now, I want to read it in the context or through the lens of understanding the importance of the body of Christ. Why is it important for us to come together? Why is it important? So I want us to read this passage through that lens, okay? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation because I like the way it breaks everything out. And it says, and he has appointed some. Now, when it says he, it's talking about Jesus. Christ, in some translations says Christ has done this. Christ has given gifts. So it says, he has appointed some with grace to be apostles. Let me back up a little bit. In different translation, I like how it says he gave gifts to men. He gave gifts to the church. And he's, gonna, he's talking about these gifts right here. And Jesus has appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets and some with grace to be evangelists and some with grace to be pastors and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is, listen to this, their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. Let me say that again. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Pause there for a second. So the gifts, the five-fold ministry as we call them, their purpose is to equip the saints, to equip the holy believers to do the ministries that God has called them to do. I'm kind of paraphrasing. But do you see that? Okay, these grace ministries will function until the end of 2019. Oops, I was reading the wrong translation. Hold on. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness. Into the faith until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of what? Spiritual maturity. And fully developed into the abundance of Christ. And that our immaturity will end. So how many of you are fully matured and developed? Anybody? Okay, when you can raise your hand, that's when you stop going to church. <laughs> According to that passage right there. I mean, are you seeing that? Did I twist anything? Are you seeing this? Now, I know as I share, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do, because I know we, we all have our filters, we all have our paradigms, our mindsets, our experiences, our bad experiences, all kinds our good experiences, we have all kinds of stuff that we're carrying right now okay and so what can happen is when we hear god's word we begin to diffuse and deflect because of the hurt and the pain that i might have experienced it may cause me not to want to hear certain things out of god's word and so i can dismiss it i can block it and if we continue to do that then we are hurting ourselves and we're not going to be able to grow up the way God wants us to grow up. Because I can promise you this. When you grow up into Christ, you're going to like that. It is a whole lot better than being stuck as an infant or a child, being stuck anywhere. But as we grow up, it is for our benefit and the benefit of those around us. So my challenge and encouragement to you is as I share these things Invite the Holy Spirit to help you to receive from what he's saying and not spend time deflecting. Because if you do all this deflecting and chopping and everything, by the time it's we're done today, you might not come out with anything because you've thrown everything out. And so what I'm asking you to do is ask the Holy Spirit to anoint your ears to hear what he wants you to hear. Because I know there's a such thing as as spiritual abuse of authorities and churches being stupid. I know there's a such thing as that. But but what does Jesus say? What does the Word of God say? I don't want to respond to the Word of God according to my experiences. I want to respond to the Word of God according to faith. God, if your word says it, I want to embrace it, I want to live it, I want to walk in it, I want to experience it. Are you hearing me so far? Okay, reading on. And they ended at one, and then our immaturity will end. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble. Now, again, listen to all this in context or through the lens of understanding the importance of church, understanding the importance of being committed to a local um church fellowship and we will not be easily shaken by trouble it doesn't say we're not going to experience any trouble it says we're not going to be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies but instead we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him. Read that sentence again. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him. Now, right there says all of our ministries. Now, remember the the purpose of the fivefold is to equip the saints for the work of their ministry, right? So each one of us, if we're born again, you have a ministry. You have a ministry. And so the purpose is to grow up and be equipped to fully function in that ministry. Now, let me explain what I mean ministry because some people can freak out and think that means you're called to stand up here behind a pulpit and preach on Sunday. Let me set you at ease. Take a deep breath. That's not the case for most people. Only about 3% of people actually do full-time ministry as far as pastor and and missionary, and that kind of thing. So the other 97%, Your ministry has everything to do with out there. Out there. Well, let me take that back. Not everything, but your main ministry throughout the week, through the days, has a lot to do with out there. Are you with me? All of our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. For his body... Has been formed in his image and is close. Now, pause. When it says his body, who is that referring to? Us. The church. Now, when we're talking about church, we're not talking about a building. The body of Christ. Believers. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And listen to this, this last paragraph, this last part. And every member, no, excuse me, some of the members (laughs) have been given divine gifts to contribute. Some of the members have been given divine gifts. Right? It says every member. Could you raise your hand if you're every? Okay, if you're every, raise your hand. All right. And every member has been given divine gifts to for what purpose? I've been given gifts so that I can look at my gifts and say how cool I am. Gifts have been given for a purpose, to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. We've been given gifts. We've all been given gifts. We've been given ministries for the benefit of others, right? So when people say, people say stuff like, and I've heard this over and over and over again, I don't have to be a Christian and go to church. True. But if you want to be a mature Christian and grow up in a Christ, yes, you need to go to church. You need to be part, you need to be connected to, committed to a local fellowship. The Bible says, I didn't share this. I didn't have this passage in Hebrews 10, somewhere in there. might be 23, 26. Do not forsake the assembling together. Do not, as some are in the habit of doing, do not stop meeting together. And it says, I'm paraphrasing because I forgot to look it up, but the purpose of meeting together is to encourage, to spur one another on to love and good works, to motivate each other to love, to love each other, and to do good works. And so here's, here's the, the rub or the challenge. In our society, we are a very consumer-dominated society. Which is, that's not the issue. But our mindset is that, you know, we go, to, we go to the mall to shop and look for what I want, right? And that's okay. I see the shoes I want. I see the, the shirt that I need. I see this and that. I go there and I get it. And then if I, if I want to work out and get strong, I can sign up membership at a gym. Um, I, can have, I can be a member of the, the Rotary Club or the Lions Club or all these different clubs and all these different deals. But I pick and choose. And then I choose when I'm going to go. Like, ah, I feel like working out today. I'll work out next week. And we pick and choose. We pick and choose. We do what we want. And we don't do what we don't want to do. And unfortunately, many of us in our society, we treat our church family the same way. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but sometimes when you have rain like it was this morning, people wake up and say, oh, this is a perfect day to sleep. This is perfect weather to sleep in. I love this. And all of us had that feeling, and we battled that feeling. We overcame the temptation. So thank you, Lord, for victory and overcoming. And we came this morning. But, but too, too often people will make choices based on their convenience. I believe there are three reasons why we regularly should attend and gather as a church family. I believe the Lord showed me these years ago. And this is, this is my paradigm. This is where I live from. This is my view of why we come to church. Three reasons. One to corporately worship God, our King to come. Cause people say, well, I can worship God by myself. I hope you are worshiping God by yourself. If your only time of worship is on Sunday mornings, we got problems. We should all be worshiping him Monday through Sunday or Monday through Saturday. And then we come together and worship him. So the first reason we come to church on Sunday morning, we come together is to worship our God corporately. There's something about a corporate gathering of re- and releasing praise and worship to, the ki- to our king. That's num- reason number one. Number two, the second reason why we come to church is to bless, encourage, and build one another up. To bless, encourage, and build one another up. And then number three, The third reason why we come is to grow and be equipped to go advance his kingdom and impact our world. So we come to worship the king. We come to bless and encourage and build each other up. And number three, we come to be equipped so I can go and impact the world for the king. So we come to be equipped. We come to grow. Does that make sense? Okay, you remember the, uh, when we talked about the, the, spirit, the spectrum of growth, like the, the spiritual infant, the spiritual child? Let's look at an infant's approach. A spiritual infant's approach to the Sunday morning service looks like this. So, a person who's a spiritual infant, here's how they would approach, of course, my perspective. This is how they would approach the, the Sunday morning service. It looks like this they attend to get all that they can. They hope they are warmly greeted and welcomed by people when they come in. They enjoy being able to drop their precious little kiddos off to be taken care of while they enjoy the service. They hope that the songs that they like are played so that they can enjoy a good worship experience. And they are counting on hearing a great message so that they can be fed, be encouraged, and be inspired. This is the fullness of their church experience. That is the fullness of their church experience. Now, let's look at the uh, Sunday morning service through the perspective of a young adult, a spiritual young adult, a parent. They, too, attend to get all that they can. They hope they are warmly greeted and welcomed by people when they come in. They enjoy being able to drop their precious little kiddos off to be taken care of while they enjoy the service. They hope that the songs that they like are played so that they can enjoy a good worship experience and they are counting on hearing a great message so that they can be fed, be encouraged and be inspired. And they also come to serve their church family. They come to be a blessing by looking for opportunities to bless, encourage and build up other people. And they serve their church family by volunteering in ministries, children's church, ushers, bus driving, working in the kitchen, etc., etc., etc. Now, you see the difference between the two. I hope you saw the difference. We should want to come to church. It's okay to come and want to be greeted, want to be warmly welcomed. It's wonderful to be able to drop your little precious cargo in the children's church or the nursery and take a deep breath and say, oh, my goodness, I'm so grateful that I can do that. Isn't that wonderful to have children's ministry? It's wonderful to be able to do that. It's okay to want to come and, and hear wonderful worship songs that you like. As long as you remember that your focus is to worship him, whether you like the song or not. And it's okay to want to hear a good sermon or a message that's going to inspire you, motivate you, and, and equip you. But where the, the difference between the infant and the more mature is not only do I come to receive, but I come to give. I come to serve. say, Lord, what can I do? When I hear that there's a need, that they need help in a certain situation or a certain ministry, then my ears perk up and I'm like, Lord, what can I do to help? And you know, for example, um, we've had a couple of announcements concerning the bus ministry. You know, we have uh, people who write, who love and are very grateful that we have a bus ministry because otherwise they wouldn't be able to get it. To church, and so there are people who have, over the years, driven the bus to get folks here, and I did that ministry for many years, drove the bus Sunday after Sunday, many years. but even though we've, we've made an appeal, we still haven't had any response. We still don't have any bus drivers. Well we have two two bus drivers and the reason why I 'm bringing that up. Not for condemnation, but as an example. You know, we hear a lot of times that they say 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. Right? We're all familiar with that? The 80-20 rule? That's not kingdom. That's not kingdom. You know, what happens in that model is you have the 20% doing everything. Everything. And then I get tired and burnt out. I'm like, man, I'm tired. I can't do anymore. And so if you have a church family that our mindset is, I am responsible for my brothers and sisters. How can I serve my brothers and sisters? And if we all have that mindset, we're not going to all be doing everything. But we can all do Something. And that something is not a big burden versus me doing 80%. Are you with me? So imagine a church family. Where all the children's workers that we need, we have. And there's a rotation. So you can come to church on Sunday and serve, whether you're teaching Sunday school, whether you're changing diapers, whether you're cleaning up in the kitchen or or setting up uh, for our our, um, dinners or you're driving the bus, or you're welcoming new people, or you're ushering. But you come and you do that on some Sundays, but then other Sundays you're able to come and just sit and relax and receive. See, I believe it's healthy in your Christian church experience when you're able to receive and give. Doing all of either one is out of balance. Some people only come to church when it's their time to serve. I mean, of course, we appreciate that they're coming to do that, but the here on the Sundays that they serve, and they're not here when they're not serving. See, that's out of balance. That's not healthy. That's not healthy. You know, another difference between um, maybe a spiritual infant and a spiritual young adult or parent, spiritual infant says, when they come to church, they, they drop their kids off and they take a deep breath. <sighs> I'm tired. I've been working all week. I've been taking care of my family all week. Been doing this, doing that. I'm tired. This is my time. That's what a spiritual infant does. And they come and they just want to enjoy the service. And you know, pause on that thought. There are times when, depending on the season of your life that's exactly what you need. And that's exactly what we want you to have. If you are in a place where you, all you can do is come, praise God that you made it here. You, you drug yourself here and you're sitting in a chair, and that's all you can do is take breaths. That's all you have the energy to do. Thank God that you're here. Thank God that you're here. But if a person lives there and stays there, that's not healthy. So a spiritual infant says, I'm tired. I go to school all week or I work all week or whatever. I'm tired. It's about me. Then the spiritual young adult comes in and says, I'm tired. I've been working all week, been taking care of my family all week been doing all this homework all week, but I recognize that others have had the same week, probably. So I'm going to do what I can by His grace to serve my brothers and sisters. See the difference? Everybody's tired. <laughs> Wave your hand Raise your hand if you're tired. <laughs> We're all tired. But see, the matureer, the more mature person, not only is focused on their own needs, but they recognize that other people have needs too. It's just like in a marriage. If it's all about me as a husband, it's all about me, and I'm expecting this woman to take care of my needs, then it's not going to be, now I may be happy for a little while, emphasis on little while, but if it's not a mutual, I'm going to meet her needs, allow her to meet my needs, I'm going to minister back and forth. That's where you have a more productive, healthy relationship. And when we have the ability, when we're all serving, think about it, we're all serving and things are more balanced. I'm not talking about perfection. That's not going to happen until heaven. But when things are are balanced and, and healthy where people are serving and we're doing what we can, then when the broken come, or when we come in broken, then I'm able to sit and just soak it in because I know others have got it covered. Are you with me? You know, next week I want to talk about the benefits. I want to focus on the benefits. You know, as, as my time is uh, winding down as being the pastor at New Covenant Fellowship, you know, I've been in this church for 33 years. I've been on staff full time at this church for 30 years. This church is my life. I love this body. I love this family. So I kind of expect everybody else to have the same attitude towards the body. That's the perspective I come from. I know she's not perfect. I'm very aware of her issues and her problems. But I still love this church. I love the collective body of Christ, the global body, the community body. There's, There's many church families in this community. I love them all. I'm particularly interested in this one. But there are so much that my life has benefited from because of my involvement here, because of my submitting myself to the leadership here, and even being confronted being confronted on issues that that needs to change. See, getting back to that consumer mentality, when everything's good and I like you and you like me and we're all good and we're in agreement, I'm good. But as soon as you feel like, let's say, maybe you're a spiritual leader or you're just a brother in Christ that's concerned about me. and You feel like you need to confront me or on an issue that I'm being stupid in, which is what? What, me being stupid? Oh, confront, right. just want to make sure I was clear on that. a lot of times when the confrontation comes that's when I'm called to go somewhere else when I get at odds with my brother or sister everything's good God called me here but then all of a sudden me and Cornell get sideways with each other all of a sudden I'm called to go somewhere else now I'm being a little sarcastic but that's what I hear a lot people in church And then they're not. Hey, man, where you been? What's going on? I mean, I know the the conflict that they have. And a lot of times we use that, the conflict, as my calling card for me to leave and then call it God. That's dysfunctional. And if I continue to walk in that way, then I'm going to stay a spiritual infant. I may look like an adult, body size, but in my attitude... And my mentality, my mindset—I'm going to be a child, and that's what we have in the, in the body of Christ, the larger body of Christ. Is we have people that look, they they look like adults, but they act like children. And Paul experienced that when he was talking to the adults in the church. He said, "I came to you and wanted to teach you some amazing stuff, but you guys are acting like babies." You know, there's jealousy, there's gossip, there's bickering, there's fighting, there's people, there's fractions. Oh, I belong to this person. This is my pastor over here. This is my spiritual leader. Oh, no, this is my spiritual leader over here. And they had all these issues, and Paul got on to them and said, y'all need to grow up. How do we grow up? By committing ourselves to a group of people, obviously to Jesus first and to his body, and being open, having my heart open. So that if I need to be confronted, which I do, which I will, unless I'm perfect and that I ain't. And so when I need to be confronted, when the Lord wants to confront me on an issue, he typically uses people. If I'm not willing to hear from him, then he's going to bring someone in my life who cares about me. And he wants to touch a situation in my life that if I stay in that condition, it can kill me or cripple me or hinder me. And remember, the purpose of us coming together is to grow up in the Christ, to become mature, to grow up in the ministry and the calling that he has for me and for you. So that you can powerfully impact people around you. So whatever your job is out there, you can walk in boldness and confidence. Not because you're perfect. We're not talking about that. Maturity does not mean perfection. Perfection. But because you're being equipped and you're gaining confidence and knowing how to walk in love towards people, even difficult people. If we don't learn how to walk in difficult relationships in the church, how are we going to do that out there? Because, see, in the church, at least we're supposed to have a common denominator, and that's Jesus. Which means, okay, I want to do God's will because I love him. You want to do God's will because you love him. So we ought to be able to come together somehow. We ought to better figure this out. You don't necessarily have that out there. But if we can't learn to love each other here, how are we going to do it out there? I've learned be, being involved in this church, I've learned how to love my wife. As Christ loves the church. The benefits, the, the relationship that I'm enjoying with my wife and my kids is direct relationship because of the relationship I have in this church. The blessing on my life, the peace that I walk in, I feel like I walk in a lot of peace. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't experience problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be a pastor and you know what I'm talking about. Isn't that right, Pastor Dell? I won't tell Cornell that, okay? <laughs> sure, he actually, he's been a pastor before, so you know. Forget what I just said. Forget what I just said. But the things that I get to benefit from, the peace, the joy, the blessings, the encouragement, is because of my commitment to the body. We'll talk about more of that next week. So would you stand up with me? And I'm gonna pray for eight minutes. We've got to fill the time in, you know what I mean? So you guys get your money's worth. <laughs> Okay, so here's what I want to end with, with an invitation. First of all, before you can be a member of the body, you have to be joined to Jesus. You have to to be born again what the Bible calls, being born again. That means I commit my heart, give my life to Jesus, to follow him. If you have not done that ever before, I want to invite you to do that this morning. And when I dismiss, I would love for you to come up and and have a conversation with me. And I'd love to walk you through what that looks like. So first, we have to be born again. Joined to Jesus. But what I'd like you to do, if you close your eyes. And I would just like to invite us to invite the Holy Spirit to help check our paradigm or our thought process concerning the body of Christ, concerning our church family. Now, I know people leave different churches for different reasons. And me speaking of that, right? It's kind of funny. Some of the reasons are God and some aren't. If you ever leave or feel God calling leave, make sure it's God. Because we do want everyone to be where God wants you to be. Amen. If it's not here, then you find where God wants you to be. And on the flip side, just because things are happening around here, a lot of changes are happening, a lot of shaking going on. I believe good changes. I believe good things are happening. Amen. But it can seem kind of scary because change can be scary. Don't feel like, oh, it's time for me to go. Don't assume that. Because where God wants you to be is the best place for you to be. But what I want to ask you to do as your eyes are closed is invite him, Holy Spirit, to check your heart and and begin to heal your heart concerning the church. The hurts, the offenses, the the, uh, unfairness the abuse, spiritual abuse that you've experienced in the church, I would ask you to surrender that to him so that it no longer poisons you. And invite him into that process. Say, Lord, you know the garbage I'm dealing with. I don't know what to do with this. Invite him into that. And then invite him to help you with the right perspective, the correct perspective of his body which is his gift to us. So, Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for speaking to our hearts today. And I thank you for every person here. I just speak blessing. Blessing on your people. Encouragement, strength, conviction. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I would invite you to come up and and I'd love to have a conversation with you. Those of you who are going on the mission trip to Chiapas in a couple of weeks, I believe you guys have a meeting immediately following. Uh, The rest of you, God bless you. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. Thank you.